Hey, this is Dr. Patty Sadala. Welcome to my Experience Jesus podcast. I have to begin this particular episode sharing the story of how it was inspired. I asked the Lord where he wanted to meet me for communion one day, and he took me to a library. It wasn't a massive library. It was sort of a room filled with books, and it had a table in the center of the room. I asked the Lord what this place was and what these books were, and I heard him say, Connections, stories, they are Kairos-Kronos intersections. That is a supernatural moment when the timelessness of heaven touches a moment in natural time. These are key choice point moments in time that changed the trajectory of your life. I asked the Lord to help me understand what he meant by this and the significance. Jesus motioned to a book and asked me to pull it out off the shelf and open the book. When I opened the book, I had a vision of a memory of a conversation that I had with my boss in the 1990s, where he taught me how to guard my heart by understanding how to separate what people are saying by asking the question, is that true? And he said, only let the truth pierce your heart. And this was how I learned how to guard my heart. The lesson in that conversation changed my life. As a consultant, I would remember that lesson, and when people would get upset about change that they were experiencing in the process, I would not let it hurt my feelings, even if they were attacking me directly. This lesson stuck with me so much that I actually did a podcast episode about it. I will link the How to Guard Your Heart episode at the bottom of this page on the pattyej.podbean.com site. I pulled other books off the shelf. And there were other key memory pictures of lessons that the Lord imprinted on my heart one moment at a time. And that's the point. There are key moments in your life where shifts occur. Sometimes they're good shifts and sometimes they're bad shifts. Whether in the good or the bad direction, they are powerful to change the trajectory of your life. If you struggle with addiction, for example, what was the moment, that first drink that was too much, or the first look at pornography, if that's something you struggle with, the time you felt victim to whatever would ultimately ensnare you? This is a key moment that had the power to bring you down and take you to dark roads. Let's break these moments into two general categories. Good moments that teach you a lesson that's foundational and moves you forward in a positive way, and bad moments that imprint fears and limitations and take you down in a negative way. Let's begin with the good moments. As I'm sharing some of my good moments and some of the lessons I learned from them, I want you to think about your good moments. And even in some of the good moments, you don't actually understand the significance of them right away. But right now, you may receive some clarity from the Lord about them. So you might want to take a moment to say a quick prayer that asks the Lord that as you reflect back on some key moments in time, that He increases your understanding about the lessons that were being taught to you by them.
One key great moment in my life was in my first year of college. I had never considered myself a good student and had entered Ohio University as a dance major. In my very first dance class, in a large auditorium, I remember the professor saying that everyone to the left of me and everyone to the right of me won't make it in dance. She was basically saying that two-thirds of dance majors will never make it through the program, and even less will make it as successful dancers. In the wisdom of the university, knowing that this was true for dance majors, they required us to take interpersonal communication classes to help us identify not only who we are personally, but other giftings that we may have so that we may be able to find other majors if we needed to. Interpersonal communication is foundational as a skill for life in general, but most majors did not require it. I was fortunate enough to be in one that did. This was my first exposure to experiential learning, and I remember the moment that this first interpersonal communication class where I felt smart. This class taught me how to learn how I best learned, and that lesson changed my life. And that first class was the building block of the things that I do today. Because I teach people how to experience Jesus and facilitate direct encounters with him. It was the moment where I found my unique brilliance, which is a key component to my calling. Of course, at the time, I didn't realize the profound significance it would have on my life. But looking back on it, I really did have a foundational mark on my life because I learned how I best learn. And from that moment on, all of my education followed suit. My master's degree in organization development was experientially designed. My doctorate program at Christian Leadership University was as well, and it was even better because it was facilitated by direct Jesus encounters. One of the reasons that this key moment in my life was so significant is that as I reflect upon it, it was related to my Christ identity and to my calling. It spoke to something unique about how God created me and how he would eventually use me for the kingdom. Take a moment right now to reflect on your life and looking back on key moments that were showing you who you are in Christ and how he created you. These are times where you realize what you were good at and interested in, times that brought you joy, or where you realize something really important about yourself. Take a moment to think about that. There are some key moments that are foundational in a scary or difficult way that can still lead to good outcomes. Again, I believe these key moments are related to your purpose and calling, so it's kind of worth reflecting on them and seeing what you can learn from them. Let's look at some moments like that in the life of a Bible character. In Genesis chapter 14, there was a great war of kings, and we are first introduced to Abram. 
In this chapter, we learn that Abram was being tested by the Lord to see if he was faithful to believe God for the victory in this battle. He passed the test, and then he meets Melchizedek, who was quite possibly the pre-incarnate Jesus. He was the king of Salem, which translates to the king of righteousness, and has no birth or death record in the Bible. Abraham gave him 10% of the spoils from the battle and received a blessing. Then, in Genesis chapter 15, 1 through 6, Abraham is promised a son and a destiny. Verse 1, After these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision, saying, Do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield. Your reward for obedience shall be very great. Abram said, Lord, God, what reward will you give me, since I am leaving this world childless, and he who will be the owner and heir of my house is this servant Eleazar from Damascus? And Abram continued, Since you have given me no child, one a servant born of my house is my heir. Then behold, the word of the Lord came to him, saying, This man, Eleazar, will not be your heir, but he who shall come from your own body shall be your heir. And the Lord brought Abram outside in his tent at night and said, Look now toward the heavens and count the stars, if you are able to count them. Then he said to him, So numerous shall be your descendants be. Then Abram believed in and affirmed, trusted in, relied on, remained steadfast to the Lord, and he counted, credited it to him as righteousness, doing right in regard to God and man. Later, in Genesis chapter 22, we see Abraham being tested when the Lord asked him to sacrifice his son Isaac. Abraham remembered the promise and trusted that God would either spare his son or resurrect him and was willing to do whatever he needed to do. Genesis 22.8 says, Abraham said, My God will provide for himself a lamb for the burnt offering. And the two walked on together. He believed God that he would provide a sacrifice. The Lord did spare Isaac in Genesis 22, 15 to 18. The angel of the Lord called Abraham from heaven a second time and said, By myself, on the basis of who I am, I have sworn an oath, declares the Lord, that since you have done this thing and have not withheld from me your son, your only son of promise, indeed I will greatly bless you, and I will greatly multiply your descendants like the stars of the heavens and like the sand on the seashore, and your seed shall possess the gate of their enemies as conquerors. Through your seed all the nations of the earth shall be blessed, because you have heard and obeyed my voice. First of all, I just want to point out, did you see that that was a dialogue conversation between Abraham and Jesus? Jesus is the angel of the Lord, uh, pre-incarnate. So that's what we do here. We have conversations like that. But this Bible verse shows the moment where the promise was sealed and fulfilled. It was Abraham's purpose 
to birth an entire nation. That was his calling. That was his destiny. And that was God's promise and the seal of it in a single moment. Now let's talk for a little bit about bad moments. These are some key moments that teach you negative things and can lead to destructive patterns in your life. I remember hearing once that all anger is birthed from unmet expectations. Most atheists, for example, will share that they may have believed in God until they prayed for something that didn't happen the way they wanted or in the timing that they wanted. They prayed for God to spare a loved one and they died, or they prayed to remove a circumstance and it was not removed. These key moments hardened their heart against God and birthed negative spiral patterns in their hearts against God. Moments like that are opportunities to press into God. If you choose to run from Him, there is more pain and suffering. When something bad happens and you purpose in your heart to protect yourself from it happening again and you look for something or someone to help comfort you in a way that only God can, trying to fill that God-shaped hole in your heart with anything else leads to unhealthy addictions that rob you of your life, satisfaction, fulfillment, and true destiny. No one person or one thing apart from God can truly fulfill you. But negative moments can lead to negative patterns. Pushing people away because you're afraid to get hurt again, for example, leads to loneliness and isolation. It boils down to what you choose to believe in the moment of your life. Seeking God's perspective is the secret to learning the lessons needed in both good and bad moments. Let's take a look at the life of Joseph in the Bible. The Bible story of Joseph begins in Genesis chapter 37 and then is picked back up in Genesis 39 to 50. It is one of heroic redemption and forgiveness. Joseph was the most loved son of his father, Israel, and was given by him the famous robe of many colors. When Joseph reported having dreams of his brothers and even the stars and the moon bowing before him, their jealousy of Joseph grew into evil action. The brothers sold Joseph into slavery to a traveling caravan of Ishmaelites who took him to Egypt and sold him to Potiphar, the captain of the Pharaoh's guard. With many trials and the favor of God, Joseph began as a slave and ends up the most powerful man in Egypt and winds up saving his entire family and preserving the entire nation of the Israelites. The Lord helped Joseph see in hindsight that those moments that happened were a way of preparing him for his destiny, and he shared this revelation with his brothers in Genesis 50, 20. As for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good in order to bring about this present outcome that many people would be kept alive as they are this day. The Lord had given Joseph moments through dreams and life experiences that gave him the clues about his destiny. 
Joseph strings some moments of realization together until it all made sense, seeing the breadcrumbs of the Lord's preparation for him and his destiny reframed those challenging and painful circumstances and redeemed them for good. One extremely powerful way to do that is something I call reframing with Jesus. There are negative things in your life that God can redeem. Jesus can help you understand those negative things by taking you back to the moment and showing you where he was and helping you understand it from his perspective. He can also show you what the specific lessons are he wants you to learn from them. Allowing Jesus to reframe your bad moments has the power to move you to forgiveness and release the negative influence and control those negative feelings have on your life. He can give you a new moment where you see that circumstance through a new lens. He did this for me after holding on to a grudge for 11 years. The decision to forgive this person was not because they deserved it, but because it was hurting me, my soul. The anger and frustration was hurting my soul. The decision to let that go was for my benefit and not theirs, and it changed my heart and set me free. The Lord gave me a new picture, a picture where I could see the circumstance and the person through his eyes, and it gave me compassion and even pity for that person, and it softened my heart so that I was able to release all of that frustration and move past it. When Jesus reframed that circumstance for me, it changed my heart and it set me free. And he can do that for you too. True peace is found on the inside and not on the outside. I asked the Lord to help me understand this a bit more. And he showed me a picture of a strong silver cord, like an umbilical cord, leading directly from my heart to his heart. And the Lord explained this to me about the picture. He said, peace cannot be found by looking at external circumstances. You must tap into the indwelling Holy Spirit's flow of living water to access it. To meet me, the comforter, look for me in your heart. Cry out to me and I will answer you. Let me cradle you so that you can hear my heartbeat. Let me kiss you on the forehead and brush the hair out of your tear-stained eyes. My heart breaks to see your broken heart, and your heartbreak is a shadow reflection of mine. The verse at the bottom of my journal at that point was from Isaiah 43, 1 and 2, and it said, Do not be afraid, for I have ransomed you. I have called you by name, and you are mine. When you go through deep waters, I will be with you. Jesus continued, When you feel pain, you are not going through these challenges alone. I am right here. Let my love for you be a healing balm to restore your energy, refill your emotional, mental, physical, and spiritual tank for the season of challenge. Remember, you don't get your strength to cope with your challenges from the world. I am the Almighty God. All strength comes from me. You are my beloved child, 
and I have given you the ability to tap into my endless strength, which carries you through this season. All I have is yours, and I know what you need. I'm more than enough to carry you through anything. And then the verse at the bottom of my journal at that point was Psalm 4610, Be still and know that I am God. Jesus continued, It will still be difficult, but it will not be overwhelming when you tap into the flow of my love and power. Come to me. I'm waiting for you. I know the plans I have for you. They are plans for good and not for disaster, to give you a hope and a future. Jeremiah 29.11 Here's an example of what it looks like for healing to happen when Jesus reframes a memory. When I was 14 years old, my house was at its maximum tension. I remember my mom and dad having a huge fight downstairs, and we heard violent things going on down there, things getting broken, lots of screaming. My sister Michelle and I were upstairs doing homework, listening, and we heard someone coming up the steps. It was my mom. I had a candle that I had made in art class burning on my nightstand. She walked into my room, saw the candle, and started screaming at me. Who told you you could have a candle in this house? You're going to burn down the house. Then she came to me and started beating on me. Michelle climbed on top of her and started pulling her hair, and my mom got even madder. She went downstairs to bring up something to beat us with, and we escaped out the back balcony. Later that night, we found a place to stay in the middle of the night and tried to come back into the house the same way we came, up the tree and balcony and into the house. Mom had locked the balcony door and was upstairs talking to Dad. We could hear what she was saying. She was more concerned about people learning that we ran away than where we were or if we were okay. That was really hurtful, so we spent another night away in the woods before we came back. When I re-experienced the scene, Jesus was sitting with me on the bed while we were listening to Mom and Dad fighting. Jesus was telling me that he loved me and that my mom and dad were just hurting and they didn't know him yet. They were acting out of their own pain. When my mom came up to my room and started to yell at me about the candle, she immediately turned into a four-year-old child having a tantrum. She was swatting me around my legs, and Jesus told me to just pick her up and comfort her. He said, give her a hug. She just needs love. At first, she struggled, but then she relaxed and received the hug, and I began to cry. That scene helped me see her as a hurting inner child, and it gave me perspective about what she must have been going through when things were so bad for all of us at home. She was just a broken and hurting inner child lashing out of her sadness and weakness and hurt. I was able to forgive her and my dad and myself for that season of life and gave her grace for the mistakes they made while parenting me. That was a healing moment. If there's a moment in your life that birthed unforgiveness or distancing or just an unimaginable pain in your life that you would love to have released, simply ask Jesus to show you where he was in that moment. Then have him show you a new picture and it will help you find forgiveness and release pain. Jesus created you with a secure destiny. The key moments of your life reveal so much about who God created you to be and what he created you to do. Everyone has good and bad moments. Jesus is able to show you the big picture of your life and help you either stay on the road to your ideal destiny 
or find your way back to that road connected to all those moments and giving you new ones. Before we dive into our encounter today, I wanted to take a moment to ask you for a blessing. If you have learned some new things and have drawn closer to God by this podcast, please pray for the Lord to multiply it and allow the Lord to pop a few names into your spirit for whom you could share this podcast with. Simply text or email them the link to the pattyej.podbean.com site and let them know why you've been blessed by it. And please check out my books, journals, and downloadable resources at pattysadala.com shop. And remember the code EJPOD to receive 10% off everything, even the stuff already on sale. And remember, they make great gifts too. Thank you for blessing me by your prayers and for being a listener to this podcast. If this is your first podcast experience with us, you may want to go back to the trailer episode and learn about the biblical foundation for dialogue journaling, our process for experiencing Jesus. This leads you through the first special place encounter with Jesus as a child. This is a starting point for all of our experiences with Jesus. For best results, it is always good to properly posture your heart for your experience by welcoming Jesus' presence with praise and thanksgiving and playing with him in the special place as a child for a few minutes before asking for anything from him. There are a few experience Jesus options for you to choose from today, or you might want to do them all. Prayerfully meditate before having any of these experiences. The first option is for you to meet Jesus as a child in your special place and ask him to show you some good moments that were pivotal in revealing something about your Christ identity or your destiny. Ask him to take you to the memories and ask him to show you how those moments haven't impacted your life in this present moment and for your future. The second option is for you to meet Jesus as a child in your special place and ask him to take you to a moment in time where something unwanted was birthed in your heart. Perhaps it was a lie about your capability, your identity, that is in somehow limiting you in your destiny. Perhaps it was a moment where you chose something to be bigger in your life and it became a holy addiction or burden. Or perhaps it was a moment that unforgiveness was born in your heart and you had trouble trusting people in God. Jesus knows the moments that will make the biggest difference and he knows how to give you a new moment that will redeem it for your future. Allow Jesus to take you to that moment and allow him to show you something new that will reframe it for you. And then make sure you take all the time you need to ask him as many questions as you need to be able to understand this new picture. Regardless if you take this option or the first one or both, make sure that you take all the time you need and record it all in your journal. Well, I hope that reflecting on key moments, whether good or bad, has given you some insight about how to find who you truly are intended to be and what God has created you to be able to do. And I hope that you were able to find what you were looking for to 
heal some of those negative moments in your life and redirect back on God's path as a result of something he showed you. And I hope you will join us on this podcast adventure. Follow this podcast and forward it to others that you think may be blessed by it. And check out all the links below. They are designed to take you deeper. I thank God for you and bless you in Jesus' name.